All right. Matthew 9, 27. You ready? After Jesus left the girl's home, two blind men followed along behind him, shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us. They went right into the house where he was staying, and Jesus asked them, Do you believe I can make you see? What? (laughs) Yes, Lord, they told him, we do. Then he touched their eyes and said, because of your faith, it will happen. Then their eyes were open. And they could see. Jesus sternly warned them. Don't tell anyone about this. I love this part. But instead, they went out and spread his fame all over the region. So instead, they told everybody. Well, let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you that is alive, it is living. God, thank you that you are speaking to us as we read your word. Father, tonight I pray that you would fill us up. God, you would encourage us. You'd show us your love. God, and you would move these people so I don't feel contained to this little spot. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Probably will. All right, so we got two blind men, not mice. Two blind men. Gosh, you guys are driving me nuts. <laughs> just going to put it right on Michael's lap. Here, just hold this for me. No, I'm kidding. All right, so, so we got this example of one of the very many healings That Jesus did, right? Jesus did many miracles, right? He walked this earth and he did a lot of miracles, a lot of different ones, a lot of different ways. He healed blind people. That's right, I got away. He healed the mute. He healed the lepers, right? He healed all kinds of people. And this is one example, and there's several examples of healing the blind. And so this is one of those many miracles, And so Jesus would go around preaching and teaching, and people from all over would come to hear him, but they would also come to get healed, right? Because they knew and they heard of all these miracles he was doing, and they thought, well, if I go there, I could be healed too. And so these two men thought the same exact thing. So they they find Jesus. They don't see Jesus, but they find him. It's a joke because they're blind. It's a bad joke. Right? They hear of Jesus, they hear that he's coming, and so they go after him. They want what Jesus has. And so it basically says that they are stalking Jesus. They follow close behind him, and they're yelling. And they're yelling, Son of David, have mercy on us. And in other examples, (laughs) this is going to be fun, little obstacles to go around. In other, in other circumstances, it says, or in other books of the Bible, it says that, that people were trying to tell them to stop. They were quieting them. They're saying, shh, shh, don't say that. Keep it down. Jesus doesn't care. Right? And they're trying to get him, both of them, to quit talking, but they just say it even louder. Son of David, have mercy on us. They don't care. They're blind. They've been blind probably for a long time. It doesn't say they were born blind, but they've been blind a long time at least. And they wanted their sight, and they knew this man could give it to them. So they didn't care how, but they were going to get healed that day. 
So they followed after him. And it says they followed him into his house. Just snuck right in behind him. Right? Just trying to find their way, just following him right in. Ever had somebody follow you so far into your house? It just kept coming? Seems a little weird, but they wanted something that he had. And they wanted so desperately and so badly that they would not leave him until they got healed. So they just walk right in, right in behind him. And Jesus stops and he looks at them. He says, do you believe that I can heal you? Do you believe that I can heal you? Right? Do you believe that I, it doesn't say do you believe that you can be healed. It says do you believe that I can heal you. Jesus is asking them, do you believe in me? Do you believe in me? Do you believe in what I can do? Do you believe that I am Jesus Christ, the Messiah? Do you believe in me? And it says in that moment they put their faith in him and they believe in him and they say, yes, Lord. They call him Lord. Yes, Lord. We believe. We believe, yes. That's why we're chasing you around. That's why we're stalking you. That's why we're in your house right now. We believe that you can heal us right now. They chase him in there. And Jesus says, by your faith, you've been healed. By your faith, you've been healed. And in that moment, in that house, they could see. They're probably looking all over the place like, oh my gosh, I can see. This is a chair. Oh my gosh, a chair. They know what words are. Right? They've sat in them before. But they never knew what it was. What is this? A chair? A table? A person? Wow. (laughs) Probably looked at each other like, dang, brush your teeth. Are those teeth? Dang, you ugly. Hey, you look good. Right? Probably discovering all these things. Whoa. That's amazing. Can you imagine being blind and then seeing? They were so excited. There was this passion in their heart. They were passionate about seeing, period. About seeing. They were passionate about seeing. They were passionate to get their sight back. And the moment they did, they were so excited, they could not contain it. They could not contain that excitement. But what does the first thing Jesus tell them to do? Contain it. Hold it in. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody that I healed you. Don't tell anyone that you can see and that it was me that healed you. They're probably trying so hard. Oh, my gosh. They can see things. I mean, they're going outside, and they can see everybody, and they can see people, and they can see streets, and they can see things they never knew existed. Probably asking everybody, what is this? What is this thing? That's dirt, dude. It's amazing. They were so excited. There was something inside of them that they had just experienced, and they had to shout it. They had to tell everybody. But see, they didn't just tell everybody that they could see. They told everybody about the person that made them able to see. It says they made him, being Jesus, famous. 
They went across and they went everywhere because they could not contain that passion that was inside of them. They just saw this man, who they call the Messiah, who's supposed to save the world. They met him for the first time and they set, he set them free. They opened their eyes so they could see for the very first time. They opened their eyes so they could see things they never saw before. They also opened their eyes spiritually because in that moment it said they believed. They put their faith in Jesus. And they ran and they told everybody they could about it, even though Jesus told them not to. Have you ever had something that you're so proud of, something you had done, something that you had that you just wanted to tell everybody? Like a new bicycle or tricycle. Can't wait to get Olivia a tricycle. It's going to be awesome. She's got this plastic little thing that like breaks. It doesn't break yet, but it will on these rocks. So I'm super excited to get her to. That's a different story. She almost went down the driveway before on her little bike, but luckily it turned because she wouldn't went like all the way down the street. That would have been bad. But you ever got something that you were so excited about and you wanted to tell everybody? Something you did, something you accomplished, something you had that you wanted every single person to know and you didn't care if they thought you were crazy. Right? You got the brand new Pokemon card. And you were so stoked. Look at this. I got Pikachu. Is that Pokemon? Nailed it. That's the only one I know. Right, you got something that's so awesome and you wanted everybody to see it because you were proud of it. We used to have water fights when I was a kid. And whoever had like the biggest squirt gun, we'd go and just destroy the other people with it and show off our squirt gun and sneak attack them. But we, then we started putting like hot sauce and stuff in the squirt guns and it got bad. But we would get the biggest guns and we would brag to everybody, man, I'm going to destroy you as you're destroying them. Then you come out with the garden hose, take them out. Your dad's like the fire captain, the fire department. You hook up the fire truck and you just blow them away with that. No, that'd be cool, but that's never happened to me. Right, you have something that's so amazing and you want to tell everybody. When I first became a father, I was so excited about it. I was so excited to have a beautiful little girl that no matter what she looked like, she was beautiful. She came out all covered in white stuff and icky and that's how babies come out. But she was beautiful. That first moment I thought, man, this girl is so beautiful. She was perfect. And I would tell everybody, and I'd tell, and I still do this, tell people like the newest thing that they can do she can do. Oh my gosh. She like moved her head like this today. It was amazing. Creed, you told me that story like 15 times. It's not that cool. But I didn't care. I still don't care. I'll tell you the same stories over and over because I'm proud because I love my kids. But I remember every stage we'd always think Olivia was the most beautiful girl. And then Mariah and I went back and started looking at pictures a couple months ago. And we're like, oh, my gosh. She had some awkward stages where, 
you know, when babies sleep on a certain side or wherever they're sleeping, they start to get little bald spots. <laughs> so she always wanted to be on her back on the side, right? So she had this sweet bald spot on like her whole half side. But we never noticed this when, it, when she was that age. We thought she's so beautiful. People are probably seeing pictures like, oh, <laughs> yeah, cute kid. We look back and it's got this sweet comb over just to get this hair looking like it's covering her whole head because she had sweet bald spots. Like an old little woman. But it was so cute. And we were so unashamed. We didn't care. We didn't even notice it. We didn't even notice that there could be something weird or wrong. There wasn't anything wrong with her. Just looked like she was balding. But to us, she was just perfect, and she still is. And see, that's what these guys had. They wanted. They had something that they wanted right in front of them. They wanted to be healed. They wanted to be able to see. And the moment that they got exactly what they wanted, they were so passionate to tell everybody else about how they got that. See, they knew they were healed by the Messiah. And not only did they get, were they able to see that day, physically, but they were able to see spiritually that day because they came to know Jesus in that moment because they put their faith in it. And from there on out, they told everybody they could think of about this person named Jesus that, he, that healed them. And they would brag to everyone so unashamed and so passionate about what Jesus had done for them. They didn't care what anybody said. People probably put them down. People probably made fun of them. They probably called them liars. They didn't even care. Probably just went to the next person. Look, I can see. Cool, so can I. Right? They were so proud and so passionate that people would be able to experience the same thing that they experienced. That they experienced a freedom. They experienced a newness. They experienced joy that they had never had before. They experienced life in Jesus, and they wanted everybody to know about it. Gosh, you guys are going to give me a workout just trying to get back here. That's a lot of steps. It's too, too many. Too, too. I said too, too. They were unashamed to tell everybody about their passion. They were passionate. There was a passion and a fire inside of them that they had experienced. They wanted the world to know. Unashamed passion. That's the title of my message tonight. If you're taking notes, unashamed passion. They had this unashamed passion that they didn't care who heard about it, how they responded. They were going to tell them anyways. Feel me? Passion, a strong, I love this definition. Listen to this, passion. It's a strong and barely controllable emotion. It's like this thing inside of you that's just bursting. It's like when you get that thing that nobody else has, right? You get the iPhone 8 and it's not even out. And you want to tell everybody about how you have it, right? There's this fire inside of you that you don't think, somebody might steal that from me, or you don't think, somebody might make fun of me for saying this, 
You just have this emotion inside of you that's bursting, that's wanting to come out. And that's what passion is. Passion is something, that strong emotion inside of you that's wanting to come out. We all have things that we're passionate about. We all have things that that we desire, that we want to know more of, that we want to experience, that we want to be better at, that we want to be the best at. And they had this passion inside of them. So, dude, they had this passion right inside of them that was coming out. And they had a passion for this man named Jesus. First, they had a passion to see, and then they could see. And then they had a passion to tell everybody about Jesus, about how he had healed them, about how he had set them free. They were passionate for Jesus. What are we passionate about? What are you passionate about? See, passion is something that compels you to action. It's something that leads you to do something. They had that burning sensation inside of them that wanted to be released and wanted to come out. And the only way they knew was to yell it to everybody. They probably didn't, you know, they didn't really understand who Jesus was, I'm sure. They weren't like fluent with their words and really charismatic and great at leading people to Jesus. It wasn't about that. It was about telling them about this experience. They probably just ran to people and like, I'm healed. I can see. Oh my gosh, I can see your eyes. Can you see mine? It's amazing. You have a shirt. Is this a hat? There's a hole in your hat. I can see. And this man named Jesus was the one who made me see. I was blind, but now I can see. They were so excited and so full of joy that they wanted everybody to experience what they experienced. And that was a passion burning inside of them. And they were unashamed to tell everybody about it. Because they had met the one who healed them, they became so passionate about him, about the healer. Their passion had switched from being healed to talking about the healer. When I was reading through this, this passage, this quote kind of came to my mind. The more you run through the crowds to get to Jesus, the more you'll run to the crowds to talk about Jesus. The more you understand who he is, the more you start to experience what he's done for you. The more you start to see him working around you and people around you, start to see him working through you, the more that passion starts to grow, that more desire starts to grow inside of you. And the more you do that, the more we pursue the Lord, the more we pursue Jesus, the more passionate we become about him and the more we want to talk about him to people around us. See, they needed to experience him first before they started talking about him. But once they experienced him, once they felt freedom, once they were saved and had their eyes open, they could not stop talking about Jesus. This is the kind of passion that I want. This is not what I always have. I'm not always so passionate and so on fire for the Lord, but that's what I want. And I know the more that we grow in knowing him and the more we remember what he's done for us personally and what he's done for all of us, the more we start to pursue him and pursue other people to know him. The more we start to see our friends and want them to experience what we've experienced. 
The more we see broken people in this city and the more desire we have to see them come to know Jesus. The more you run through the crowds to get to Jesus, the more you'll run to the crowds to talk about him. You know, they had to run through the crowds to get to Jesus. They had to run through him. They had to yell at the top of their lungs. They had to stalk him, walk behind him, follow him into their house. But after that moment, they ran to people to tell them about him. They ran because they were so excited. When I dwell on who Jesus is and what he's done, I become passionate about him. When I start to forget about that, when I start to take my eyes off of that, I become a lot less passionate. I become a lot less on fire for him. But man, when I put my mind on Jesus, and I think about how Jesus was in heaven with the Father in perfect unity, complete unity with God, but he saw that there was this separation as Adam and Eve fell, right? Once they sinned against the Lord, there was a separation between us, mankind, and Jesus. I can just picture Jesus in heaven and God the Father and their hearts just breaking for us. And this passion and this burning inside of them, wanting us to be with them, looking at each one of you and thinking, that's my child. I want that person. I'm passionate about that person. And that passion grew inside of them till it came out. And the Father sent Jesus on this earth to be a baby, to be born human, to be tempted in every way, to grow up just as we've grown up, to see the things we've seen and experienced, yet to live a perfect life, a blameless life, with us in mind, with you in mind the entire time he thought of you because there was this passion burning inside of him Picturing Micah and that smile. Picturing each one of us. And going through the persecutions and going through the pain and and overcoming the temptations. He was even tempted at the end that the Lord would spare his cup. Right? He asked the Father to spare his cup, but he says, not my will. Yours be done. And he kept us and mine, because of that passion inside of him, he was unashamed of us, that he died for us on that cross, that he died, but then he rose again. And he rose again so that we can rise again with him, so that we can be united with Christ in heaven. And he kept each one of us on the forefront of his mind as he was experiencing that pain and that agony on the cross and that separation from the Father. He thought of you. He thought of me. And man, when I start to think about that, and I start to think about how he rose again so that we can rise again with him and be united with the Father and the Son in heaven. When I start thinking about that, I get passionate. There's a fire that's burning in my heart because I want everybody to experience the same thing that I've experienced. I want everybody to know that love of God that's burning inside of me. And have that similar experience to when I gave my life to Jesus. And I've seen the transformation of my life. And I've seen what he's taken me out of. I want each one of you 
and each person around me to experience that same joy and that same love and that same excitement and the same enthusiasm. So I'm going to be passionate. I'm going to be passionate about people. I'm going to be passionate about you coming to know Jesus and experiencing him and experiencing the fullness of him and the full love that he has for you. I'm going to be passionate about that because I know Jesus was passionate about me. And these blind men were thinking the same thing. They were seeing their freedom. They were seeing how they were set free, how they could see again. And they saw the people around them, and they wanted them to experience it. And that's when they started sharing the love of God to everybody. That's when they were unafraid and unashamed. When we remember that, when we remember what Christ has done for us, it compels us to love people. Right? It compels us to love the unlovely. It compels us to love those people that absolutely hate you. Takes a lot of compelling sometimes, right? Are you picturing that person that hates you? Right? It's hard to love certain people. But man, when we think about Jesus and that passion that's inside of us, it compels us to love. It compels us into action. It compels us to share the love of Christ. It compels us to be a blessing to people. It compels us to speak of the love of God in our lives, to speak of what he's done for us, to not be ashamed of it, to not be fearful of what somebody else is going to say, not be fearful of how they'll respond to you if you look like the nerdy Bible thumper kid now. Are you doing the Bible thumping action? It's nice. Right? It'll. <laughs> yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> I got a Bible. Right? It compels us to stand out, to be different, to be an actual light to the darkness. It compels us to move. Romans 1.16, this is Paul talking. He says, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. The Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scripture says, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Paul was unashamed of the gospel. Paul was unafraid and unashamed to preach the name of Jesus everywhere he went. Paul was not worried about what somebody might think of him. Right? He even says in here that he wasn't elegant with his speech. He wasn't this big, like, charismatic person that just people naturally flocked to because they were persuasive with their words. He wasn't like that. He preached the power of Jesus. He had confidence in Christ. And he knew he had an experience in his life where Jesus literally knocked him off his horse. And he called him to a new life with him. And he saw the transformation in his life. And he experienced Jesus in this real way that he wanted everybody else to experience him too. And so he would constantly go around preaching the word of Christ. And this guy was experienced persecution like we would never even think of. 
I mean, he was constantly beaten for his faith. We're not beaten for our faith. Let's be honest. Nobody's gotten beat up for their faith. But we're afraid that someone might look at us differently. We're afraid that someone might talk about us and gossip about us. Right? We're afraid that somebody might think differently of us and we'll lose friendships, we'll lose relationships, and we'll just be known as the weird kid. And we'll be lonely, right? We're a fear of abandonment or fear of of man and what they would think. We have genuine fears that keep us from being passionate, right? Shame and fear keeps you from being passionate. It keeps the passion inside of you. But Paul, Paul was unashamed because he kept his mind on Jesus. He kept his mind on a hope in eternity with him. That's where he kept his focus, that it didn't matter what would go on in the present. What mattered was in the future of where he would be. That he would be at the, at right, before, right in front of Jesus. Right? He would be right there next to him in heaven. That's what he hoped for. That's what he looked towards. That he wouldn't look just around his circumstances. And that's what led him to be unashamed. I want to live unashamed. Unafraid. Unafraid if you're going to look at me differently. Unafraid if somebody else is going to kind of give me a weird look and laugh at me. Right? I want to live a life that is not full of fear, but is full of passion. That's full of the joy of the Lord inside of me. That's coming and bursting out of me. Each one of you have that passion inside of you. It's allowing that passion to come out. It's coming against fear and coming against shame and allowing yourself to be unashamed and live that full life that Christ has for you, that he's called you to, to let that passion come out and start getting excited about something. Like camp. Get excited. Come on. You should be getting excited about your unsaved friends, that you're going to bring them to camp And they're going to get their butts saved. You should be writing down names of people that you know that are not saved. Probably shouldn't show them that paper. Right? You start writing those names down and you start believing in faith that God is going to lead them to himself. That at camp or even on a Thursday night you bring them here. That Jesus in his power is going to come over them and compel them and put a passion inside of them and save them from the place that they're at. Right? We need to be more bold and more passionate about our faith, about what God has placed inside of us. If we want that full destiny that God has for us, we can't be ashamed of him. We can't be ashamed of God and what he's done for us. You shouldn't be ashamed of your testimony. shouldn't be ashamed of how he's brought you out of an old life and given you a new life. You shouldn't go back to your old life. Right? If you were put in handcuffs and chained up and they let you go, would you go back and put them on? That's ridiculous. Right? You were set free. And you have a passion in your heart that's burning for him. It's this barely controllable emotion. Right, that's just ready to get let loose, but you have to let it loose. You have to let it run free like those blind men that did not care what anybody said. They just ran around checking out everything, seeing what was new. Everything was new to them. Everything was awesome. 
and they shared the love of God. They shared Jesus Christ. They shared his name to everybody, and they barely knew him. That's how we're called to be unashamed. That we would have an unashamed passion. That that fire burning inside of you, you would not keep containing it. Let it out, De La Vey. Let it out. Right? That we would let that passion that's burning inside of us out. That we would no longer be looking on the outside of what somebody might think, but we would be looking up at Jesus and remembering what he's done for us and letting that fire burn. That you would start speaking the name of Jesus in your schools until they lock you up, until you can't come anymore. Then you go back and do it again. Not encouraging you to rebel. But in that way I am. Hebrews 12.2, I read this scripture all the time. I love it. It's a great, great scripture. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Beside God's throne. Because of the joy awaiting him. Look, we are that joy awaiting him. He had already been in perfect unity with the Father in heaven. The joy was to be back in heaven, but be with all of us who would believe in him and put our faith in him and repent of our sins and run towards him. He was thinking of you on that cross. He was looking forward to the joy of spending time with Timo. I look forward to that too. He thought about you, and that passion passion drove him to be unashamed, unafraid of the cross, so that we could be united with him and the Father in heaven. Amen? God wants you to be passionate. Let that passion grow inside of you. Live passionately. People don't follow unpassionate people. They don't. They don't do what unpassionate people tell them to do. Right? You don't rally somebody by saying, hey, I'm going to go play this new sport. Um, you, you kick the ball. And you run. Um, you should play. It's really fun. Want to play? Who's going to want to play? That sounds ridiculous. But if I say, dude, there's this ball, and we run around, and we kick it, and we run again, and we kick it, and then we run, and we kick it, you're all going to want to come join me in kicking the ball. Let's be honest. Right? People follow passionate people. People that are confident and passionate. You should be confident in the Lord and passionate about what he's put inside of you. People want passionate people. And they might put you down for a moment, but they're going to see that passion inside of you and it's contagious and they're going to want it. They're going to want to know why you're always joyful. They're going to want to know why you're always awesome. They're going to want to know what is going on inside of you that you can constantly be full of joy. And that's where you get them. You say, that's the joy of the Lord. That's inside of me. That passion that's inside of me, that's Jesus. Because I'm passionate about what he did for me. Confidence. Right? Be passionate about what the Lord's done. And be passionate about what he's doing. And know that he can use you.
to lead your friends to him. Be passionate about the people around you. Start getting a passion for your school. Start getting a passion for your workplace to see all of them come to know Jesus. You let that passion burn inside of you, it's going to come out. You're going to start talking to people. That love's going to start pouring out of you. But you have to allow it, allow that passion to come out. It's barely controllable. So don't try and control it. Don't try and contain it. Don't try and keep it in. Let that that passion burst and come out of you. We should be the most passionate people we know. Because we got the joy of the Lord inside of us. Be passionate. Don't be boring. Be passionate. Don't be complacent and monotone and barely moving around. Be passionate. Be excited about what the Lord is doing. And start being unashamed of the gospel of Jesus. Be unashamed of what he's done for you. And be unashamed to tell somebody about it. Will you stand with me? God has called us to be a generation of passionate people who love him, who are unafraid of screaming his name. You don't have to be weird and crazy. But you can still be passionate about what the Lord is doing in you. And you can still attract people. And you can still be contagious. And you can still show the love of God and have tons of friends. doesn't mean you're going to lose everybody. But you can be passionate and confident in what he's placed inside of you. I want us to be passionate people. I want to be more passionate. I want to be more excited about what the Lord is doing than how my fantasy football is doing. Team. Fantasy baseball. Fantasy baseball is cool. Right? We should be more passionate about what the Lord is doing in us than what people are saying on Facebook. You should be more passionate about growing in your knowledge of the Lord than what your knowledge is of who's dating who in the celebrity world. Be passionate about Jesus. Be passionate about his heart for you and what he wants you to do, how he wants you to live. Oh, your hair looks crazy from back here, Isaac. All right, let's pray. ADD's kicking in. Father, we thank you so much that you have called us to be a passionate people. God, that you have called us and placed inside of us your spirit so that we can be unashamed of what you've done. That we can be unashamed of what you're doing. God, that we would be like those blind men that ran around telling everybody about the love of God, about what Jesus had done for them. God, help us to be so bold and so passionate. God, help us to have that desire in our heart that cannot be put out. Father, we come against fear in Jesus' name. We come against shame in Jesus' name. Father, we would be unashamed. We would not be fearful. But, Lord, we would be a generation that seeks you, that wants more, that is full of passion, full of desire, and loves people. God, help us to make an impact and an imprint in this city by the way we love others. Help us to make an impact in our schools by the way we love others. God, let that passion burn inside of us and help us not 
to try and contain it. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for what you're doing in us and in this city. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I love you guys. Be blessed tonight. Stick around for a little bit if you want to, and then you can leave.